In Atlanta, one voice has stood out for over four decades. An AJC original, The Monica Pearson Show. Let's talk about how you got to ESPN. Revealing interviews. You are known as America's doctor, but I want to know who you were before that. When you have a different name, you have different color skin, it can be tough. With Atlanta's most famous faces as you've never seen them before. I'm telling my story. This is the American dream. The Monica Pearson Show, streaming now on AJC.com. This is D. Orlando Ledbetter of the Atlanta Journal-Constitution, here with the 130th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Everything you need to know about the Atlanta Falcons. In this episode, we're going to bring on Coach Dan Quinn. We were able to talk with him one-on-one about the defense. And next week, we'll have the offenses preview for you from Coach Dan Quinn. We also have some Matt Ryan discussing how the offseason went, kind of an offseason wrap-up for the Falcons, who will report to training camp. On the 18th of next uh, next week, the uh, rookies will, and then the veterans will come in on the 21st, and practices will start on the 22nd. We got Coach Quinn here today, Matt Ryan. We're going to discuss Grady Jarrett and Julio's situations, the supplemental draft, which will be held later today, and then um, going to try to direct you over to our position-by-position series that started on Sunday, trying to get everybody ready here for the start of training camp. Here's Coach Dan Quinn on the defense. Uh, defense coach, just uh, you know, getting uh, you know, getting the guys back from yeah. injury, uh, and uh, putting you know, y'all didn't spend a lot of resources over there because I must uh, you know be happy with that, and uh, just kind of you know the front. Yep. Uh, linebackers uh, look pretty set there. Cornerbacks, you got some people that are going to have to play for yeah, you. And that's what's exciting. your safeties back. Yeah, so the safety's coming back and Dion back. Uh, that's a big part of it because uh, what Kiki and Ricardo bring in their own unique way and mm-hmm. Dion bring. So we've had some really good practices, and they'll only get better uh-huh. when we add Rico, Keanu, Dion, Grady back into that mix. You can imagine I'm happy with the tempo and the speed of the practices now. Mm-hmm. And then you add that four back into that. Um, that lights me up as a coach. Mm-hmm. Um, front-wise, uh, the addition of Davison has been good okay. as a first and second down player. The addition of Claiborne back into the mix. He's got savvy. He's got pass rush to him. So we're glad that AC's back into here. Um, adding Ish and Carter as depth and special teams roles are good. Uh, Oliver's ready to take the next jump. Okay. Um, position change for KZ. Mm-hmm. Um, Sheffield and Miller are ones that were developing fast okay. Okay. in the draft and uh outside and inside, corner and nickel, what they can add. But um, it's been uh, fun to get the group going. And J.J. Wilcox, honestly, has a strong safety. And then he'll have a role on teams as well. So although you may not know some of the names, um, the more you're around the group, uh, you certainly will know Wilcox and, you know, new spot for KZ and Sheffield and Miller and and that group. And last one, uh, one of the unintended consequences last year was uh, Foyer's development. Uh, How's he fit? Is he the weak side linebacker? 
slacker going into he this. He's got to hold off everybody. Yep, he's really, uh, we've made a lot of versatility with him. One of the unintended consequences of Dion, uh, you know, being back from rehab and going, is like we put him a lot at Mike, which we didn't do that a lot last year. And so we did that. And his practice habits, his leadership, all those things are keep ramping up. So uh, we're excited about where we're headed with Fourier. All right, thanks, Coach. Appreciate Coach Dan Quinn, a couple highlights there uh, from Coach Dan. Uh, certainly uh, getting Davidson over from the Saints. That certainly should help the run defense. Uh, you know, getting Claiborne back, that gives you a quality uh, end uh, to, you know, behind Beasley and McKinley. And J.J. Wilcox, I, I keep hearing a lot of good things about him from uh, uh, a lot of the coaches. And, uh, you know, he's been uh, he's been holding down the strong safety spot. But, you know, the Falcons played a lot of uh, three safety uh, stuff last late last season. That might have been out of necessity, but uh, you know we can certainly see where he can help them on special teams and uh, in a role, some role on the defense. And we'll see if they go some big nickel with him or uh, give Keanu a slow roll into the season. Uh, they'll definitely have to do a slow roll with. Um, with Ricardo and the Achilles, uh, you know, it's a year injury. He heard it the third game of the season in September. So, uh, you know, they'll, they'll, I don't see, uh, you know, they don't, there's no need to rush him back until, you know, if you can have him for the opener, that'd be great. But that was Coach Quinn on the defense. And next week we'll have him for you a little bit longer segment, uh, breaking down uh, some of the, you know, the offseason goals and the, the offense. We'll break it down with Coach in great length. Actually, this week, Matt Ryan's here to do that for us. Let's go right to that. Just uh, wanted to get a, a off-season wrap-up. You know, mm-hmm. with everything completed, y'all put in the work, and you always talk about how important that is. Uh, how you felt? How did you feel the off-season went for for the team and you? I thought it was good. You know, um, I think number one, it's good to get guys healthy. Uh, we had you know some guys who. Um, had surgeries throughout the season last year, after the season, guys that were coming back and rehabbing through certain things. And, uh, you know, that's always important. Um, I think those guys approached that with the right mindset, which was impressive to see as a teammate because it's not the easiest thing to go through. So I thought that was good. I thought um, our, our practices, we were productive during the OTA period. Um, we look fast, you know, that's, that's the vibe I felt, you know, with our team. They're moving, moving really well. we got some young guys with some speed. Uh, so I've been impressed, and, and I've liked the way that everybody's approached it. Mm-hmm. Younger guys, you know, that played for us a bunch last year seem more mature and further along with, mm-hmm. with where they're at, both in our offense and on our defense. And uh, that's going to bode well for us as we move forward. The comfort level with, you know, two of your you know, early mentors around? Yeah, I mean, there's an obviously comfort level with both of those, uh, an obvious comfort level with both of those guys uh, from the time that I had spent with them before and the success that we had with both of those guys together. Um, I'm excited to have both of them back. I know they're, you know, they're really good coaches, uh, and, and they know how to get the best out of their guys, which which is awesome. Um, I, I think they bring a lot of knowledge from the offensive side in terms of game planning, in terms of you know play calling. Um, they, they, they're, they're going to be really good for us. So I felt like it was, you know, really good to reconnect uh, in, a, in a way with them. And I'm excited about, you know, working with them moving forward. How dynamic can the, the unit be, uh, you know, if everything works 
everything, the new guys yeah. are fitting in on the line, and Calvin gets better, and Vontae's back. Sure. I mean, <laughs> we've we got stuff. a lot of guys. Yeah, we've yeah. got a lot of really good players, and, you know, I think most importantly, we got a, a lot of guys that just want to win mm-hmm. uh, and, and do whatever they have to do within our offense uh, to give us a chance to win. And that's rare. You know, it, it's rare to have superstars like you mentioned, like Julio or Devontae or Calvin or Muhammad or Austin, you know, that, that are all unselfish guys that, um, you know, care about winning first and foremost. So I'm excited about it. And, uh, you know, I think we can we can be a really good, really good offense, really good football team. I'm just pulling up. They just passed the kind of settled on the DPI rule. Yeah, I will get a what check. Did they, what did they announce? I haven't even read it yeah. yet. But they, they said it made us a uh, trial for 2000. 2019. They'll uh, get it right. They'll yeah. get it right at some point. And, you know, that's that's the biggest thing I've seen with all of this stuff is their intent is to get, try and get it right. And uh, as a player, you know, you can respect and appreciate that. 2012, would it have helped y'all? Jeez. Would it helped? I mean, yes, it would have. It would have definitely helped us. But, yeah, it would have helped us. But, um, you know, the same can be said for a lot of a lot of teams throughout, you know, but that's the closest history. thing to last year was, yeah, and it wasn't. I, I understand. Uh-huh. I understand. I feel the pain. Okay. I feel it. Okay. All right. Thanks, Matt. All right. All right. Appreciate it. All right. There's quarterback Matt Ryan uh, talking about the offense, offseason program, and then the new uh, pass interference rule that is going to be in place. Uh, you know, a lot of made about the Saints and what happened to them, but the same thing happened to the Falcons in the 2012 game against the 49ers. Uh, Roddy wasn't expecting the call, but he was clearly interfered with on his end cut there. Uh, you know, perhaps the Falcons score and go to the Super Bowl that year. Uh, and Matt said he feels the pain of the fans uh, with regards to that. But he did, you know, say they try to get it right. So, um, you know, and they do. So so we'll see how the, the new pass interference rules work out uh, moving uh, into the preseason here, the exhibition season, and then into the regular season. The clock is ticking on Grady Jarrett's deal. The, the Falcons have until Monday at 4 p.m. to have an extension uh, for Grady Jarrett. And, uh, you know, that would, we'll know about that before camp starts. Camp starts on the 18th. And uh, Julio Jones reiterated his point to us that, uh, uh, you know, the word of our Arthur Blank is golden. He said that to the AJC and he recently repeated it to uh, TMZ. So we'll see how that goes. I mean, it's some touchy situations. The Falcons are up against the cap. They can get some cap room by extending Jarrett uh, and taking care of Jones. Uh, but they gotta have their gotta have their look on the long term view of the team. Uh, you gotta have some room down the road for you know certainly Deion Jones and uh, Keon O'Neal and uh, you know Devondre Devondre Coleman's been a good pro for him. So. Uh, you know, there, there are some issues coming up. Some of these things are intertwined. Uh, it's taken a while for them to get them hammered out. But, uh, you know, we should start seeing some movement uh, early next week. We'll check in with the uh, respective parties over the weekend here uh, on Grady Jarrett. Actually, I'll check in with them today just to get a, uh, get us a head start on it in case uh, something happens here quickly. But uh, next week before the, you know, we'll know about Grady. Grady's got a deadline. Uh, and hopefully uh, we'll know about Julio before they uh, get in here on Sunday uh, for the uh, – 
of veterans to report. Now, if they got to go into camp, you know, he's going to be here, so they got to go into camp with it. He won't do too much anyway. Uh, you know, they'll just go into camp with it and try to keep hammering away at these contracts. Now, today, there's also the supplemental draft, and uh, 26 teams were out to see Jalen Thompson as safety, uh, potential hybrid safety from Washington State uh, on Mickey Leach's team. He, uh, you know, uh, had his workout in L.A., according to Tony Pauline. Falcons were there conducting the workout. Uh, there's also a uh, report out that he's uh, already visited the, the Packers and uh, is taking a physical up there. So we'll see uh, if he gets selected. He's uh, got kicked out of school for violating NCAA rule and, uh, you know, had to submit himself to the supplemental draft. Marcus Sims, wide receiver from West Virginia, is the only other player deemed draftable. But there are a few other players in the supplemental draft. Now, the Falcons have never used the supplemental draft under general manager Thomas Dimitrov. But, you know, the team did use it once in 1980. They drafted uh, Matthew Teague. Now, in 1984, there was a special USFL-CFL supplemental draft, and the Falcons took three players there, Joey Jones, uh, Mike McGinnis, and uh, Woodbury, cornerback, or, uh, yeah, defensive back, uh, Mr. Woodbury, back in the day. So, that's it. Uh, You know, the supplemental draft, uh, you know, is here today. I don't think the Falcons will be uh, involved in it, but they did run the workout for Jalen Thompson. Free safety, hybrid safety, Washington State. Now, you know, if you, uh, you know, we took a little while, took a little break here, like most people around the end of June and first part of July, but we got going early this week here with our position by position drill uh, stories in our series. It's called the uh, Falcons uh, Preview 2019, and we started with the special teams, a uh, story on the safeties, uh, you know, that the big story there. Uh, was uh, Ricardo Neal and, and Keanu Neal getting them back? Special teams got a new coordinator, got a new kicker. Tavecchio will be taking over for Matt Bryant. That's going to be a pretty major change over there. Uh, Kamal Ishmael played 386 snaps last year, so he's kind of you know the key on the special teams now. Uh, Bruce Carter uh, had seven tackles over there too. That was uh, surprising. Uh, doing the review on that. Uh, so and then they have a great. They have high hopes for Jason Stanley. Uh, they saw him clearing the path for for McCole Hartman at Georgia and saw him making you know really uh, technical plays that most fans don't see on special teams. So uh, you know keep an eye on him. I didn't write much about him. I thought for an undrafted guy he got way too much pub just because he went to Georgia. Uh, but we'll see see how he does and we'll keep uh, on top of that. Cornerbacks, uh, big one there. You know, we, uh, we we wrote about Devontae Casey and Isaiah Oliver taking over. Uh, they cut loose 17, over 1,700 snaps with uh, Robert Alford and Brian Poole. So, you know, if these two kids can handle that, that uh, that'll be key. But they also like the rookie Sheffield and Miller. So those three are in the books. I'm still working on the linebackers D-line. 
quarterback. The quarterback want to be real short. We kind of wrote it already. Ben Kirk. Uh, the offensive line spent a lot of time on that, uh, talking to the coaches there and uh, the money that was spent on that side of the ball. Uh, wide receivers, you know, that one's going to focus on Ridley. Can he be a star? Hooper, tight ends. Can Hooper continue his arc in the league? Or, uh, you know, and then uh, running backs, they're getting Devontae back. Uh, what will that mean to the offense and to the team? And then, yeah, we'll just start uh, with the training camp report, opening day story on uh, the rookies reporting for a camp. That should take us uh, through the start of camp. Once things get rolling, it'll be going pretty fast with the first game on August the 1st in Canton, Ohio against the Denver Broncos. Uh, we'll probably be seeing, I haven't studied their backup quarterbacks, but for the exhibition games, I just kind of look at the backup quarterbacks and uh, any of the draft picks that teams will try to get out there uh, early. So with that, we're going to wrap up here from the 130th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Uh, getting back in the swing of things here. Uh, you know, certainly uh, today we heard from Coach Quinn, Matt Ryan. Uh, we're on our keeper the head on a swivel for Grady, Jared, and Julio Jones and their contract situations. Supplemental draft, not expecting much there, but, you know, worth noting. Uh, position by position series. If you want to, you know, get yourself prepared for camp, that's on AJC.com. And we've got links to all the stories, and we're putting them in there as we complete them. So without further ado, we're going to say goodbye to you from the 130th episode of the Bowtie Chronicles podcast. Take care and have a great rest of the week. AJC's trusted veteran political voices, Greg Bluestein, Patricia Murphy, Tia Mitchell, and Bill Nygut are the essential source for Georgia politics. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution's Politically Georgia. Sign up for the newsletter, download the podcast, subscribe to the AJC. Hip-hop is a product of black people. It's a product of black song and celebration. The Atlanta Journal-Constitution presents Hip-hop's most pulled elements are pulled from the South. A Southern hip-hop store. We always go back to that moment of the Source Awards. Everybody wants your rhythm, but they don't want your blues. The biggest names in hip-hop. Atlanta is still the mecca for hip-hop. 50 years. No one can deny. One film. The power of the South now. The South got something to say. Streaming now at AJC.com slash hip-hop.